listening. Welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with a Plan podcast, episode 70. 70 episodes of this podcast. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. You guys have been through it all, all this time. It's been unbelievable. It's been a ride. It's been a journey and experience, and I can't wait to make more. We're on our road to 5,000 listeners. In order to help out with that, consider subscribing, leaving a five-star review, letting us know what you want to see next, and just leave some suggestions. We'd love to hear them. So today, there is a couple of games we're going to cover. We're going to cover the Bengals and the Chiefs. AFC Championship game upset the crazy run of the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to cover the chess master of the Rams and the 49ers. And then we're going to quickly go over the fiasco that was Brady's retirement because that was supposed to be a podcast on its own. And that'll be something when that happens, I think. We'll get into that. But I want to start with Cincinnati. And what what a journey it's been. So last two years, you have a rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow, coming out of LSU, who arguably has got the confidence and moxie of a 15-year veteran and just carries himself like he's ready to do some damage. And this Cincinnati team, for all the holes that it has, for all the arguments about whether Panay Sewell should have been taken over Jamar Chase, whatever it was, I guess now we have the benefit of hindsight because Jamar Chase has been amazing. But for Cincinnati to do what they've done this postseason, get their first playoff win and almost three decades, be able to get that monkey off their back. Go to a really solid, well-coached Tennessee team, be able to take them down, handle their business, and go into this Kansas City game where I think a lot of people were rooting for them. I think that if you've been keeping up with the internet and you know about all the, the memes and TikTok, you definitely know which side you were probably on this Sunday afternoon. But for what Cincinnati, I think a lot of people... Thought Cincinnati, they had probably met their match, but they were hoping for the best. For me, I had I tried to make an Instagram post, and I had the Bengals and the Rams winning, and I'd be like, ah, are you sure about that? I hope it posts. I'm trying to figure that out right now. <laughs> but for Cincinnati, it's been a journey. It's been unbelievable. Joe Burrow is able to rally from a 21-3 to deficit. So this first half was almost a complete mismatch. Cincinnati was getting constantly. They were, they were under a lot of pressure, a lot of duress. They were unable to convert on third down. Kansas City was doing what the best version of Kansas City is, and that's boring. They were taking check down throws. Mahomes was making the simple, easy plays, letting his playmakers catch a five-yard pass and be able to go out in space and be able to make something happen, make something work. So for that, I was very, it was, okay, Kansas, this is Kansas City. This is them at their best. This is them at their full potential stuff like that, and Cincinnati is able to slowly crawl back and score and make it interesting, but for me, I was thinking, okay, 21-10, to 10, there's a lot of time left, and they're able to get all the way to the end zone, and Eli Apple makes a huge tackle on Tyreek Hill, huge mistake if you're Kansas City, no timeouts, you're not able to kick a field goal, and it ends up being the deciding factor, that seven-point that seven loss. That three-point loss could have changed the game, the dynamic, how Cincinnati game plans in the second half. They were able to take more safe options and not have to take as many chances because they were able to take that field goal. They are able to work their way back. They were able to crawl their way back the way they wanted to. It was on their terms in the second half. Joe Burrow, in Cincinnati really as a whole, they match the character and the personality of Joe Burrow. So being able to have that comeback, being able to start putting pressure on the homes, I don't know what the heck was going on with him. It was a uh, thing I saw that 
he was 85% completion percentage, 220, three touchdowns in the first half, almost perfect QBR rating. In the second half, 44% completion percentage, two picks. It was abysmal. It was like he was overthinking it almost. It was like the Chiefs were, I think, they started to feel it slip away from them, and so they felt like they needed to put them away. So Mahomes started taking more shots. It appeared like he, it, it felt like he was rattled. It didn't feel like he was in control. He usually has a great sense of calm. Like the Chiefs really have a sense they know what they're doing. They run their offense really well. And it just seemed like they were a little off. That pressure was starting to get to them. Mahomes was starting to extend plays when he could have thrown the ball away and survived another down. The game was almost lost on a fumble if Joe Tooney hadn't fallen on it and extended the thing for the Chiefs. I think that, again, the overtime rules have shown their ugly face. And regardless of what you think about it, both QBs got a chance to touch the football. Again, Kansas City looks rattled. Two missed throws by Patrick Mahomes, and then he heaves it down to Tyreek Hill, trying to make that big play all at once instead of letting his playmakers catch it in space and do the work for him. They abandoned the run game almost seemingly with Jared McKinnon. They were getting six and seven yards a pop. It was very much a dysfunctional mess in that second half. And the pick is very, very indicative of that. Joe Burrow leads them down the field. And Money McPherson kicks a field goal to win them the AFC Championship game. Now, if you had told me about Week 7 that Kansas City would not be in the Super Bowl, and they're struggling, I would be like, okay, I can see it. But who would take their place? Oh, Buffalo, maybe. Maybe Tennessee. Oh, New England's starting to look better. Oh, Cincinnati. Oh, okay. They have felt like a team that... They could beat anybody, and they just have this sense about them. And it's just so much fun to watch T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Everybody compliments each other really well. Now, what I'm worried about, and we'll preview the Super Bowl when that time comes, is how this offensive line of Cincinnati, can they keep this up? Because they will face, undoubtedly, the best pass rush they've ever faced. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Eric Gaines. There's a lot of studs and a lot of playmakers. Leonard Floyd. There is a lot of pieces, a lot of moving parts for those Cincinnati Bengals to have to worry about. They're going to be playing in L.A., which may not be a big difference because home field advantage in L.A. seems to be more of a formality than an actual advantage, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what a day for Cincinnati fans. What a day for all the the haters of the Mahomes family, I guess. But it was quite the celebration. It was another great football game. This postseason, besides the wild card weekend, has really treated us to a lot of fantastic endings, outcomes final play stuff. It has been awesome, and I am just so appreciative of it. Where the Chiefs go from here, I think it's just they got to rebuild, reload, and be able to come back and play more of a calmer sense. They can be that big play team, but they don't need to do it every single drive. It feels like they sometimes overthink it and just go for a little too much. They dig their hand a little too deep in the candy jar, and sometimes Mahomes pays the price for it. They'll be back. They'll be fine. The Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Unbelievable team, unbelievable franchise. They've had an incredible run, a lot of AFC Championship appearances, a Super Bowl. It's been crazy, and I think it also puts into a perspective a certain dynasty, how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl every year. It's unbelievable. All right, so now we're going to talk the uh, Rams and the 49ers. So, and this might be actually a shorter podcast, but since there's only two games to cover, there's just less to talk about. But, man, was this, for me, this was going to be two games. The Rams and the 49ers were going to be eight an epic chess match, and the Bengals and the Chiefs were going to be this clash of high-octane offense, and for the most part it was. I I think you could say you got two different kind of games, because this was a very physical, 
very much the teams had to earn their points. There was a lot of tough hits, a lot of physical fights. There were, these teams do not like each other, and for the third time they have to face each other. For the right to go to the Super Bowl, the stakes were high. The emotions were intense. This was the ultimate chess match for the NFC West, so the Rams end up taking the NFC West crown times two, and they get a Super Bowl appearance to go along with that. For Matthew Stafford, years of enduring Detroit and years of having to get through that, he gets his shot at a Super Bowl, and I think his Hall of Fame career could be largely impacted based on how Sunday goes with how this playoffs, this race has gone. He's been able to take down, he's been able to go beat Tampa Bay. He's been able to take down the Cardinals, who are high-octane offense, and he's able to take down the 49ers, a really well-coached team. Quarterback, you can say whatever you want about Garoppolo. I think he actually played pretty well today. Given the final drive did not go their way, he made a lot of big throws, and it is going to be an interesting offseason. And there's going to be two quarterbacks that I'm really interested to see how three, Deshaun Watson, when that situation gets fixed, Aaron Rodgers, where's he going, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo can be a starter in this league. I think Garoppolo does just enough. He may not have the greatest arm. Sometimes he makes a boneheaded throw here or there, but he's a winner through and through. Get him with the right pieces, and he can win you 10 games a year. He feels like what Mac Jones could be in the future, maybe with the less boneheaded throws. But for Garoppolo, I don't think it's his future rely. I don't think his future is in San Francisco. I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Trey Lance feels like they're it's their guy, and for Garoppolo, it's going to be off to free agency. Whether he gets traded, I think he did a lot for his value. I think he showed a lot of teams going into Lambeau Field, taking down the Cowboys, taking down the Packers, almost beating the Rams. He didn't necessarily lose it for him. I know that a lot of people are going to say Shanahan blew another lead, and it's crazy how many times that that offense and how Shanahan feels like he has the upper hand. McVay finally gets his uh, that monkey off his back with the, the 49ers and gets that Super Bowl appearance. And on that other side of the coin, you have how big this playoff run was for Garoppolo. This was a huge playoff run for the Rams organization and how much they've sold out for a Super Bowl appearance. They have gone above and beyond, giving up first-round pick after first-round pick, asset after asset, to land Odell Beckham Jr., Matthew Stafford, Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Jalen Ramsey. There's so many pieces that the Rams have been able to acquire through these Really well-timed trades, and a year ago today, the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford and ended up changing their fortunes as a franchise. I wonder how Jared Goff feels right now. I really do. But for the Rams, this was a Super Bowl or bust kind of team. You can't put together this kind of all-star cast of characters and talent and not be able to have at least a Super Bowl appearance to show for it. I will assume they'll be the heavy favorite going into next weekend, or two weekends from now in the Super Bowl, but... It is going to be a fun matchup, Stafford versus Joe Burrow. This is a matchup I think a lot of people won't mind either or, depending on if you have a stake in the game. But I really like how the Rams were able to pull this out. They are able to calm down, be able to settle. Stafford was able to find his guy, Cooper Cup, who's been unbelievable all year. He's been able to get make a lot of plays in space, catches in traffic. He makes them unbelievable. He has a great set of hands. He's able to make a lot of great plays off the ball. Super exciting stuff. I personally cannot wait to watch this matchup and be able to preview it for you guys. This is what this podcast is all about. It's super exciting stuff. All right, so when I return, we're going to talk the fiasco that is Tom Brady's retirement-ish and how Shafter and just the media as a whole, it has been a disaster for him. This is the Man with the Plan podcast. We'll be right back. 
We are back. This is the name of the planned podcast, episode 70. Yeah. Just got to get the hype in there. I'm super excited about all this stuff. What a weekend for football yet again. And this is going to be a less... I don't have my phone for notes. I don't have anything planned for this one. This is strictly going to be me talking from the heart. And the more I think about it, the more I feel that Tom Brady has been done a disservice. And I I get that with a story like this, there is an essence of importance of wanting to be the guy that broke it. And wanting to be the one that said, hey, I was the one that called Brady's retirement and pretty much set in motion a spew of credit and a spew of posts. It was unbelievable. So I'll just give you my perspective. We're at lunch with my parents. And I see that Brady's retired. And I was like, oh, man, this feels kind of sudden. And I don't know who pointed it out, but someone told me. And they said, you know what? I don't think it's legit because we haven't heard Brady. And with all that he's done with social media in the last couple of years, you think that Brady would be the one to break the news, not Schefter. And it is a damn shame that someone like Brady, who for all that he's done for football, all that he's accomplished, he would not be able to go out on his own terms. So the world is trying to reel in, trying to get their reactions, get their podcasts in. So I come home and I'm like, okay, I guess I got to do the same thing. And we slowly start to realize that that's not the case and that this was definitely the biggest nevermind or the biggest psych or the reverse card in my entire life. I have never seen anything that crazy where a player of Brady's caliber announces his retirement and then in the span of an hour or two, it's pretty much debunked. So you have ESPN, NFL accounts, like calling it like what a career, making things up, getting things set up, ready for this to go to honor an, an unbelievable career that's changed football. And for a lot of people is the reason they watch football. It's such a big deal. And I think that it's a shame that it's a special, what should be a special moment for Brady, calling it quits, calling, hanging it up for his career, being able to be done with football and move on in the next chapter of his life was cut short due to a reporter getting too fast. And I think for me, I'm glad in a way that there were some circumstances that didn't allow me to film a podcast because in my mind, I'm thinking I got to get out here and beat the story. I got to get to the punch. But I think for this, it's about getting at the right time, not being the fastest. And I, I know this is, feels like a very, very irrelevant topic for what conference championship weekend is all about, but the way that it unfolded was so bizarre and such a just a disaster for the sports media. I think it's a bigger deal than people are going to make of it. And for Schefter, I think he got something wrong in the draft about Aaron Rodgers. And now this, that's two. And I know that since he's a big deal and he gets all this stuff, that he's going to get a lot of a free pass for this. But I think it's a big whiff, especially for him, who usually is right on the nose on a lot of things. To get this wrong, to get this kind of report out there, it's big news. It's going to blow up. It's going to change a lot of things, the way people produce content. Tom Brady retiring from football is a big deal. And getting that wrong, I think, is a bigger, important issue than I think people are making it. And I think it's a real shame. And this might be more of a rant than an actual segment. But first, and I, you guys know me. I'm a big Patriots fan. I'm sometimes unapologetic about it. But Brady was the reason I got into football. And we'll talk more about that in my potential Thank You Tom Brady video should that come up. But it's very disappointing that he potentially was not going to be able to go out on his own terms. So now he's going to have to wait a little while and get his moment back because Big Big Ben got his moment. Every player that retires, that's 
done a lot for the league and contributed a lot deserves to have their moment in the sun for everyone to thank them and kind of just reminisce on the legacy and what he meant to the sport. I think that it's a great disservice, and I hope that Brady gets that retirement speech, that final ending, and only Tom Brady can make this kind of retirement thing crazy. Only Tom Brady. It's just unbelievable. But that'll do it for today's show. I think it's going to be a little shorter than usual, but I hope you guys enjoy nonetheless. This is the Mammoth Blind Podcast. Of course, I'm Grayson Mann. Uh, we're starting TikTok. Uh, I'm going to see how that goes. Uh, you'll probably see a couple posts later. But I hope you guys take care and have a great week. And as always, just stay safe and see you guys soon.